Welcome to Your Pharmacy Career Podcast, proudly brought to you by Ravens Recruitment, Australia's leading specialist pharmacy recruitment agency. The podcast series has been created to shine a light on the diverse and inspiring careers of Australia's pharmacists. Each episode will focus on the varied career opportunities within the pharmacy industry by exploring the career paths taken by leaders in the fields of community pharmacy, hospital, industry, government and professional organisations. Careers never follow a defined path. Everyone's story is different and unique in their own way. The podcast series will help you discover the world of opportunities that exist and reveal pathways to achieve your dreams and aspirations. Whether you are a pharmacy student, early career pharmacist, or simply looking for a change at any stage of your career, the podcast series is designed to help you navigate ways into a career and a life that you love. Your host of the podcast series is Ali Sue. Ali, herself a pharmacist, is now the founder of Global Pharmacy Entrepreneurs and a passionate advocate for pharmacists to grow, innovate, excel, and make a lasting impact in the world. It's now over to our host, Ali Sue. Welcome to Your Pharmacy Career Podcast. This is Ali Sue. Thank you for your support and feedback for our last episode. It was so good to hear from Mehek, the current president of the Victorian Pharmacy Student Association. If you are a pharmacy student and want to know how to get the most out of university life or become a student leader, make sure you listen to our last episode. Today, we're very lucky to have another special guest, Regina Cowie. Regina is the National Healthcare Service Manager at Australian Pharmaceutical Industries, API, one of the leading healthcare and beauty companies in Australia that is involved in pharmaceutical distribution, retailing, and manufacturing. In this episode, Regina shares her experience exploring the opportunities throughout Australia. Her experiences encompass various suburban, city, and remote settings, including rural and remote support in Darwin, Northern Territory. She also shares her insights and offers her advice to empower all students and pharmacists alike to establish a successful pharmacy career. Without further ado, let's welcome Regina. Hi, Regina. How are you today? I'm well, thank you, Ellie. We're so glad to have you on the show. You have this really special pharmacist role, and I'm sure a lot of pharmacy students and early career pharmacists are really curious and wanted to know more exactly what you do day in and day out. So tell us more about, first of all, how did you get into pharmacy and what you are working on now? So thanks for having me be part of this podcast. Uh, it's a great honour and pleasure. I don't usually like talking about myself, so for you to convince me to do this is a tick. Um, my role is quite special and I feel very lucky and privileged to have uh, such great supporting network and work for such a fantastic company. So I grew up in Sydney and I really didn't have an interest in pharmacy, to be honest. I was very much focused on exercise, diet and wellness in that space and Eventually, I got into a exercise and sports medicine degree at Sydney Uni, but I started working part-time at a pharmacy that was attached to a dermatologist. And it was quite interesting, the amount of work that we received from this dermatologist who was 15 years ago quite revolutionary and did things quite differently. And we were making lotions and potions and creams that 
I think outside of normal pharmacy practice it is quite rare now we'd call that a compounding pharmacy back in those days there were no um, formalized approach to compounding so that got me quite interested in pharmacy and I had some great mentors at Sydney Uni who said well it's probably best you finish this degree and then go into pharmacy and I did a lot of my anatomy and physiology so I got quite a bit of credit moving into pharmacy and I completed my pharmacy up at James Cook University up in Townsville and the reason for that was really the diversity. I wanted to do something quite different. I wanted to not just be a pharmacist who worked in a city pharmacy who dispensed and counselled patients on sore throats and dispensing amoxil. I wanted something more. So I thought if I either moved up north or over to WA, I'd be exposed to more rural and remote pharmacy practice. So moving from Sydney to Townsville, that's a big jump. It's a massive jump, Ali. And I remember getting off the plane and it was raining and I saw a cane toad for the first time in my life and just started crying thinking, what have I done? Never seen a cane toad before. And it was definitely the right move. The, um, the scope of pharmacy practice in a rural and remote setting, um, I'm more so from a direct in the middle of Sydney. I think I learned quite a lot more. Um, I had some really great people and mentors around me. So my pharmacy placements were, again, very much in rural and remote pharmacy. So I was very lucky to go to places like Mariba and um, I did a bit of work in the Northern Territory. So it was, it was a great foundation and I, I don't know if I would have got those opportunities if I had studied and stayed in Sydney. After you graduated from, you know, pharmacy school in Townsville, then then what happened? Where where did you go? Yeah, and so this is really a challenge for a young pharmacist because you want to get an internship and um, you want to learn as much as possible. And I've always had this vision of making significant changes to people's lives and helping people in the community and not just in my community for a community pharmacist perspective but on a larger scale. So I always had grand ambitions and changing the world and doing things differently. So I was working for Maloof and they taught me a lot of great things. Um, I did my internship at New Farm. I learned a lot of their processes and systems and really about how you communicate effectively in care. And then I was offered an opportunity after I finished my internship to manage a pharmacy. Now, as a young pharmacist, you those opportunities don't usually come as readily. So I took this offer and it was in Darwin. And I had visions of the same thing happening when I got off the plane in Townsville and it happened exactly the same when I got off the plane in Darwin. I'd never felt such extreme heat and, again, started crying, going, what have I done? I've moved to this oven of a place to further my career and again I learned amazing amazing things up there Um, not only are you a community pharmacist and I was managing a pharmacy um, a couple in Darwin but it was more around the scope of practice so there aren't many health professionals up there so you become really entwined with the other health professionals that are up there so the collaboration with the doctors for example was nothing that I've ever experienced elsewhere. They rely so heavily on collaboration for patient care and outcomes uh, that it really is best practice if you look across the globe and you collaborate with other health professionals, you do get better outcomes. 
up there, they rely on that because they don't have a, for example, a physio that may be there full-time and accessible or that in getting into a GP up in the Northern Territory when I was there 15 years ago, it was about a four-week delay. And so you'd have a lot of aspects of pharmacy that then just extended, not just from treating people, but we did a lot of veterinary pharmacy care. Um, so we had to increase our knowledge on how to treat horses for particular diseases and viruses and cows and cattle. Uh, and then I was lucky enough in the pharmacies I managed, we supported quite a few Aboriginal communities. So worked with the uh, Royal Flying Doctors and was able to find and fly out of Aboriginal communities and support them through depot pharmacies as well. So that scope of practice is phenomenal when you move out of the big cities, not so much in the big, in the big cities because you have those networks already established. There are thousands of physios, there are thousands of OTs, whereas in rural areas there aren't that many. So you do have to learn quickly, learn fast and ask a lot of questions to help support your patients as best you can in other areas, not just in what you specialise in, which is medicine. So that was quite interesting and I did love living up in the Territory and I do recall uh, when this my next move um, was to the Pharmaceutical Society of Australia to develop the intern training program and I do remember thinking, do I take this role? And I had one of my colleagues say to me if you don't take this role you'll stay up here for the rest of your life and I thought do I want to stay up here for my rest of my life it's quite good but I think I've still got a few more adventures in me so uh, that's when I left the territory and I was working up there with the Charles Darwin University as well they had their first cohort of pharmacy students graduate so I worked with the pharmacy board and we developed the intern program and relied quite heavily on the South Australian Pharmacy Board and um, some great mentors there that helped me develop that program for the Charles Darwin graduates. Um, and then I moved over to Melbourne and started the intern training program with the PSA, uh, which was one of my roles. Obviously, there was a team as well, which were fabulous to work with. We did a lot of education, a lot of um, writing uh, for pharmacy journals, and it was a great experience. So that's my rural and remote <laughs> um, background. And then after four years at the PSA, was uh, seeking a different role and API then presented itself to me and say, would you like to come and join us? We're experiencing great growth in pharmacy, great growth in what we're doing, and we need more pharmacists to help deliver that vision. Um, so I wanted to be part of, part of that and their values absolutely align with what I wanted to do which was improve people's lives well that's incredible I know that you're very adventurous and you love to explore but how can we help other pharmacy students and early career pharmacists to step out of that comfort zone what made you step out of your comfort zone and can you share with us your experience it's really that's a really good point Ali and I speak to a lot of interns and a lot of young pharmacy students and they say what do I need to do and I always say you've just got to embrace change and go after what you really are passionate about and that is get out of the cities. I know all of them say to me, but I've got my friends here and my family mm. and I love going to the market and I love the food and all those experiences are there, but if you don't take risks, you may still be in this position in another 20, 30 years' time. And so you have to ask yourself, are you comfortable with that or do you actually want to do something pretty phenomenal? And that may mean stepping away from your comfort zone 
making new friends, tasting new food, doing new things. So I always have that advice to them around you can keep doing what you're doing, but if you want to be known for something, you want to make significant changes and fulfill what your visions are, then you do need to take risks and do this. And it might only be a point in time. You might only do it for a few years, but at least you've got that backing behind you. So I know it's hard. I know it's challenging, uh, but do it while you're young, before you have children, before you want to settle down. It makes it a lot easier to move yourself and maybe your partner or your husband than it does to move a whole family. But not to say it's not impossible. They just have to think about what their vision is and off they go. And for me, it was really around I wanted to influence more people. I wanted to instill my passion in more people and I wanted to help people. And the experience I I received is phenomenal. There were diseases we were treating that you only read about in textbooks. Things such like leprosy and tuberculosis and all those things you read and you learn about and you know the drug regimens. But when you actually have to dispense them and you're providing them to people, that's where I think the real value lies in why did you become a pharmacist? Ask yourself that question. Um, and when I do ask that of lots of young pharmacists, the response is quite diverse, uh, but it gets them thinking about what truly the meaning of being a pharmacist is in your community and what role do you play? Wow, that is so important, yeah. I think often we taught so much on the clinical side and how to do things and what to do, but really not really asking the soul-searching question what is a pharmacist? Why do I want to be a pharmacist? You know, what kind of pharmacist do I want to be? And all that, those questions are really important to really actually drive us. Thank you so much for sharing that. I love your, um, your, you picked up on one of my key things that I do talk a lot about, which is what sort of pharmacist do you want to be? And I always say I picked up the good qualities of all the other pharmacists and healthcare workers I've worked with. And yes, everyone's got good and bad qualities, but if you can pick up one good thing and learn from someone and then become that pharmacist, then you're going to be a phenomenal pharmacist. Yeah, well, thank you. Great tip. You've said so many great opportunities that you were presented with. How did you get these opportunities? I realised where I wanted to go and then I started chasing after that. So there's no secret in working hard, having passion, building great networks, having great mentors to encourage you, but really underlying that is all about relationships, communication and hard work. I had nothing given to me. I worked incredibly hard to get where I am today um, and still do. There was very challenging times, absolutely, and it's how do you build resilience to get over those barriers and get through. And um, there's a lot of male and female talk there's a lot of have you got enough experience not enough experience talk it's how do you present yourself to be the best candidate for that position and that's what I think I'm able to plan I'm able to sit down I'm able to work out exactly what I can bring to particular roles and then have the ability to communicate that quite well and articulate how I can uh, step up and what they're actually trying to achieve so it does it doesn't happen overnight um, goodness, I've been a pharmacist now for decades, but it does make you realise that nothing comes easy. You do have to work incredibly hard to get get where you want to be, but you have to have a plan. Where is it that you want to go to? How do you think you'll get there? And who do you need to help you to get to those places? Mm. Did you have any role models and mentors that help you to design this path or knowing where you want to go? 
Um, I do, absolutely. I've had some really strong family members who helped me. My mum passed away um, when I was in my 20s, so my auntie stepped in as that mum role model and encouraged me and, and supported me with the visions that I was trying to achieve. I have some great pharmacy mentors who are still in my life and I call on them quite regularly. And then I've got mentors outside of pharmacy, which is very important. How do you diversify because pharmacy is one component of healthcare, but I work quite closely um, with mentors in other allied health areas as well that I call on and, and now have become quite friends. You know, we're friends. So that's the ultimate. If you can have open and honest conversations with people who are there to support you, who make you a better person, um, and you're able to have conversations with them that cover everything from A to Z, then you've got a great mentor. You don't have to specifically call out the fact that that's my mentor but if you can think of someone who who you need in your life to support you to pick you up when you're having a bad day to give you some advice who won't judge you then you know that's that's a real friend and and your mentor that you need to have so I've had a few um, really strong ones I've had a few that have faded away um, as you progress through your life but everything's a journey everything's a point in time so I'm hoping I'll have a few more mentors come to me in the next few decades to help support me in my next chapter. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the lessons that really helped you or you learned that shape your entire career? I think one of the big lessons is ask questions. Don't be afraid to ask questions and seek information. And I always like to be prepared. So I never attend anything unless I've done reading. I know exactly what it's about. I've got some background information um, I plan a lot I plan a lot of things out to the end sometimes a little bit too detailed um, and then I've learned over time that you don't have to be a perfectionist if you get to 80 or 90 percent sometimes it's worth going otherwise you'd never get anything done so those are the key things um, also just continue to be passionate about what you're doing if it doesn't drive passion, then maybe you need to consider, do I need to change or do something different? But I wake up every day loving what I do. So that's really the key. If you don't love what you do, then um, have a rethink because there's something out there that you will love doing every day. Yeah, definitely. So now you're the National Health Service Manager at API. And what do you actually do every day on a daily basis? Wow, Ali, that's a really interesting question because no two days in my calendar are the same. Okay. Um, everything can be thrown out the window. Uh, I can change direction quite suddenly just depending on what's happening. So at the moment, I'm heavily involved in the electronics prescription rollout, which is a fabulous project to be working on. We've had great success across our, our whole brands, Priceline, Solpats and uh, Club Premium, as well as the extended extension of API. And that could change in a moment if there's a um, telehealth government announcement or a media release that, that needs to be um, actioned or reviewed. So I'm also now working on the COVID rollout, again, moving, guide, moving um, components of COVID every day. There's always a change. There's always an update. So when I have a plan of what I think I'm going to do today, it may get thrown out the window. But essentially my role is to support the services growth across API, so across all of our brands. 
Uh, and that means, yes, electronic prescribing to make sure we're ready for that and the evolution in that space, it, components of telehealth and where, where is that going. Um, it's also using technology. How do we continue to provide our services through tech and improve our patient care? How do we help coordinate healthcare for our patients, again, through tech, through our services? So making the whole healthcare journey as seamless as possible. We all know how hard it is to get in the car if you're sick to go see a doctor, to then wait in their waiting room when you're not feeling well, they're running behind, eventually see the doctor. So you can already see that whole process is, is painful. They then refer me to a pathology. I have to go to the pathology lab to get my bloods taken. I then go back to the doctor when she's got when they've got the results. So it's quite convoluted. We just want to make that simple. And that's really my key role is how do you make that simple for patients, for our pharmacies? How do you help improve healthcare? And um, the next evolution of that is COVID and, and then continuing on with other services, which I'm working on, which is really exciting. Mm. So what do you see that in the future? Well, because in the UK, there are already pharmacists are prescribing, taking the load off the NHS system from the hospital or from other doctors. Do you see that coming into Australia and Australian pharmacists prescribing in the near future? I would love to see that. I think we're absolutely confident and capable to be part of that journey. And I have these conversations quite often with our pharmacies. I'm not sure if they've got the confidence to um, believe in themselves that they are capable. And when I talk to them and say we've done four years of study on actual medicines, Mm. we're more than capable of doing that. Mm. Um, And obviously there will always be a pathway to extra education to ensure that we are confident and competent in particular disease states. But it's about having that belief in what we do. Uh, we don't just put labels on boxes. We're integral to the healthcare system and improving people's lives and we're medicine specialists. So how do we continue to develop in that space is really the key. Um, and I'm really passionate about equitable access across all of Australia for everyone. So not just the people who live in the cities who have great internet connection, who have services galore. It's about equitable and that's where the telehealth piece is really taking off. And was it COVID that instigated this or were we on this pathway? Who knows? Mm -hmm. Uh, But what I have seen is a massive increase in electronic prescribing, in telehealth, and it's a great step forward for our profession. So that's just a continuum of where we need to keep going. And I think there's some really exciting times ahead for pharmacy. Mm. Well, yeah, definitely. So just try to understand your role a bit more. So APR overseas more than this Priceline banner, is that correct? Yeah. So before I moved into the National Healthcare Services role, I was actually the National Dispensary Manager for Priceline Pharmacy. So I had a team of pharmacists that worked for me and our role was around focusing on Priceline Pharmacy only and that was to do with the growth of the network, ensuring that our pharmacies were profitable and ensuring that the services aligned with all of those visions and our goals. So that was quite an exciting time. We had exceptional growth and as a result of that, we realised the focus is health. Health of the people, our customers, our pharmacies is really the key and 18 months ago, Um, Richard, our CEO, who's fabulous, decided that 
he was going to create a healthcare services team. And that's re- um, headed up by my boss, um, who's a GM of healthcare services, Rob Tazzy, and I report into him. And so our role now is not just to support Priceline Pharmacies, to support all of API to achieve those same goals. So it's all about innovation in this space, mm. healthcare services, ensuring that our network continues to grow and be profitable. Um, but ultimately, Ali, it's underpinned by care. If you care about people, you care about what you're doing, that's really the key to success. The rest will follow. The mm. financials will follow. The processes, the systems, all of those will follow. But as long as you care about what you're doing and you, and you believe in the vision, and you're all aligned, you'll have some great success. So that's been um, quite uh, amazing step forward for API mm-hmm. and it has been a really tough year. We're based in Victoria, so we're based in Melbourne, and for the past 12 months we've all been working from home. Mm-hmm. So to be able to innovate and collaborate and do workshops all online um, has been definitely a change for us, but we're achieving some great things. So. Uh, hopefully COVID normal comes sooner than later and we get to some sort of ability where we can get back into face-to-face because that really is the key for me. It's about the whole networking, collaboration. I Mm. always say it's a lot better value the two minutes you walk to a meeting than sometimes the whole half-hour meeting itself. Mm. It's, It's those walking discussions that you have that really make a big difference. Wow, I'm just... So excited about the future of pharmacy that you talk about care for people and then the the equal access and I love that. I would, you know, I think that's a lot of pharmacists. The reason why we're a pharmacist is we want to help our community. We want to help people. We want to help for those elderly as well as the little kids anytime when they have questions because we do see models in pharmacies that you know is about the cells and we need to push you know, add-on cells that still have that culture of of selling. Um, focus. Um, so, how can we help other pharmacists to realize? Hey, you know, our you know, our leaders in the pharmacy field are looking at how can we bring more care and how can we support our community. What's the gap in between? How what, how can we can share with our pharmacists or as pharmacy student, early career pharmacists, the way how they can develop and that they see the hope that they can really provide care to the community. Yeah, it's. That's a really difficult one to answer, Ali, and it's, I understand you know, I work for API. We have brands of pharmacy. I understand the commercial aspect and the retail need. However, if you care, and I always go back to this care and you have that vision to succeed, your customers will do everything they can um, and listen to you. So it's not about selling. It's about providing them uh, with all the information they need to have a successful recovery or management of their condition so I'll give you an example uh, we we really do push education around complete care in our model and the example I'll give is around someone coming in for a conjunctiva, um, conjunctivitis for example so come in for conjunctivitis you ask all the right questions and are they pregnant breastfeeding any allergies all that sort of stuff you go through the process and you sell them whatever products you need um, but then it's also about saying to the female that's come in, make sure you throw away your mascara and we are able to give you a mascara in replacement of that once your eyes healed so then you don't reinfect yourself. Make sure that you wash your pillowcase. Make sure, make sure. So you're just adding on all those little components and you're not 
selling. It's you're giving them the complete solution to fix their problem. And I know many times uh, being a pharmacist at API, I get asked a lot of questions by our staff in the tea room, for example, if I'm making a cup of tea. And one that is quite memorable, she came to me and she said, I've got a cold sore, what do I do? So I wrote, I wrote down what she should get at the pharmacy and she came back and she said, and the pharmacist gave me one, two, three, and it was four products and great things such as sunscreen and a lip balm and all those sort of things. And I thought, wow, that is exceptional care. Mm. And I said to her, how much did all that cost you? She said, I don't care. If it fixes me, that's what I care about. Mm. And so, again, cementing it all in that care factor, if you care about people, it's not about trying to sell as many products. It's about giving them that total solution and they will decide on what they need or not. Um, and if it's a not, they might come back if it hasn't healed up or you know, they haven't re- um, resolved their health problem and come back to you. But the great success is when you see customers follow you around. So as a community pharmacist, if you move from one area to another and your customers follow you, that's, that's when you know you've done a great job. Mm. So, yeah, it's a really tough question and, and I understand the pressures that a lot of them are under. But just go back to what are my values and, and what do I want to achieve and those results will flow from there. Mm. Well, well, thank you so much for sharing that, yeah. I hope my passion comes through, Ali, because that's really what I get when I talk to people. I do a lot of presenting um, at conferences and at our conferences and I get them all coming up going, well, I just want to be as passionate about you. And, um, you know, I said I wasn't really passionate about pharmacy until I started working in that uh, pharmacy that was attached to the derm clinic mm. but it really is just a passion for caring about others and helping people improve their lives and if that's your passion you, it'll just show and so hopefully doing this is inspiring some young young people that they don't just have to work in there's not just community and hospital pharmacy there's lots of other avenues of pharmacy that you can put yourself into if you have a passion to do something in that space and so Go after your dreams, but make sure you've got a plan in place to get there. That's definitely, I'm definitely feeling it. And then, and it's amazing that you're saying it, you know, from your level, saying we're all about people, we want to care for people. That's amazing. That really makes my heart sing. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad. It is, it is, I'm quite passionate about it, maybe a bit too extremely passionate. <laughs> um, but to have this passion after being a pharmacist for decades and still have it. Mm. Uh, you know I still do hate I'm an accredited pharmacist so I still do HMRs on the weekend wow. and I do that purely for a group of doctors who I'm quite um, connected with as well as keeping up my clinical knowledge but also because I continue to care about people and how can I make some changes in this space so um, yes it adds to my workload and my husband probably doesn't want me to work as much as I do but Again, it's about I still care and I still care for people. So although I'm not working in the community pharmacy, I'm still connecting with my local community and able to help in that way. So what are some of the advice in terms of skill sets, how to develop that skill sets, what type of skill sets you see pharmacists need in the future so then they can start developing themselves while they're still at uni? Yeah, it's it's a really, it's an area that needs constant attention and I've had a fair few conversations with universities around some of the modules that they're teaching graduates Mm. for example there might be a physics module that maybe 
could be reshaped to also include some communication or emotional intelligence Mm -hmm. because in the pharmacists that I see nowadays at conferences or I'm networking, emotional intelligence really is a key area that needs to be um, nurtured a bit more and communication and understanding the power of relationships and the power of give and take um, and, and that open and honest conversation really is the key. So if I had to give any advice, yes, you can go and do more education and become more clinically profound uh, and particular areas, focus on them if you're into cytotoxics, if you're into aseptics, whatever it is, follow your dream. However, be able to communicate and communicate across all levels and don't be afraid to communicate across all of them as well. So everyone has a role to play in pharmacy and in life in general. Mm. And what really pains me is when I walk into a pharmacy and I'll see the bin overflowing and everyone will stop to watch me and I would look around and say, what's wrong? And they would say, I've never seen a pharmacist take the bin out before. And I said, but it's full. It needs to go out. (laughs) And so no one, in my opinion, is better than anyone else. Everyone needs to help out. Everyone should be able to do as much as everything as possible in the pharmacy setting but outside as well and just help each other. You know, that really is the key. So if you can build on all those skill sets, you'll set yourself up for life, um, regardless if you're not the smartest in the room or um, you don't have the, the strongest clinical knowledge but you're able to care, you're able to listen, you're able to understand, you're able to ask the right questions and you're able to ask for help and you have high emotional intelligence, That that's really what we're looking for in pharmacy nowadays and customers respond incredibly well to all of that. I'm just out, out of interest. Was A lot of pharmacists wanted to spend more time in, on the floor and you know, that takes a lot of energy. At the same time, they have to punch through all the dispensing, all the scripts and checking and, you know, and also now injecting, you know, injections and CPAP and how... How do pharmacists, how, how can pharmacists be able to do everything but still give all full attention to customers and give that level of care when we have so much going on? Just want to hear from your perspective. Yeah, I don't think pharmacists should ever be dispensing ever. You know, I could train my nine-year-old to dispense and put a label on a box and how to read a script. And now with electronic prescribing and, and things up in the cloud, the reduction in errors is you know pretty insignificant so pharmacists should be out there talking to their patients working on their services yes vaccinating and everyone has their role to play um, and you shouldn't be in the dispensary so when I first moved to Priceline Pharmacy one of the key areas was getting those pharmacists out from behind the counter so what we did was change to the dispensary design and remove the counter So there weren't two benches anymore. There was only one bench, so they had nowhere to hide. Mm. And so we were forcing them out the front there, talking to their customers and doing things differently uh, because change of behaviour is incredibly difficult, as I'm sure you're aware. It takes a long time and sometimes you need to force people into a situation before they realise that actually, yes, this is the better way to do things. So we, we trialled a few things. We changed the way we did things. We changed physical settings. 
I understand there's lots going on. There's always lots going on and it's not going to get any easier. This year is going to be quite intense with flu and COVID and Mm. everything else that's happening in the marketplace and and in your pharmacy. But it's no no different to anyone else. And I, I remember talking to one of my friends over in the UK and she was doing hundreds of scripts a day as well as vaccinating for flu as well as their medication initiation program similar to our meds checks lots and lots of other things and I said how do you do it and she said but that's what I was trained to do I'm a pharmacist and I'm trained to care and the admin support I get that from my techs and I get that from my assistants but the piece around yes I've got lots to do she said I get it but that's what I was trained to do and I love coming into work every day so you don't feel like you're overwhelmed if you again underlying that is your passion to to yes. help people. So yeah, it is busy. I get it. You know, mm. I've been a community pharmacist, I've I've done lots of different things and it doesn't it's relentless. You don't walk away at the end of the day and go, Well, I've got nothing to do. Mm. Uh, and there's always something to do and there's always someone who needs your care. But that's just life. You know, you're juggling things in your life as well as your work. So it's about prioritising. It's about empowering people in your pharmacy to lead particular projects. So mm. if you were doing something in the sleep space, have a lead in that area who's your expert who then trains others who have probably not as much knowledge but some knowledge so they can support if that person's not here. It's, it's how do you build these businesses really within a total business to really succeed. So. Yeah, it, it is a challenge and hopefully there are some great leaders out there who can support the younger pharmacists in how to yeah. how to do that. Mm. Well, thank you for sharing that. If if you have to do everything, start everything again, what would you do differently? I've always thought I wouldn't mind going overseas and working and doing some outreach services in one of the islands um, so possibly if that opportunity came up again, I would take that. Uh, so it might be up in uh, the islands off the Tiwi or it might be um, through Vanuatu or, or Fiji or, or somewhere where you know, they need some significant health procedures in place to improve their health and wellness over there. They had a, a measles outbreak in one of the islands over the last few years and they got on top of that pretty rapidly. So there, there are some opportunities in that space that I maybe could have jumped on um, but maybe wasn't brave enough when I was a younger pharmacist and didn't have as much experience as I have now but ultimately it's maybe asking a few more questions as well so why do we do things a certain way what made us do it this way do you think we could do it this way and change it and, and have a little bit more confidence in my ability to influence and change things um which I've been able to do across scale now, which has been quite fabulous. So not only just working on Priceline, but across the whole API, which is quite significant. What advice would you give a student who's about to graduate from university and is looking for internship opportunities? What would you what advice would you give to them? I would suggest strongly step outside your comfort zone and head to a rural, regional or remote area within Australia. I cannot give that enough praise. Even if it's only for a few years, your scope of practice will escalate. You will be incredibly satisfied. 
And so if you have one advice for students and early career pharmacists, both professionally and personally, what would it be? Find your passion, find your vision and go after it. Don't be afraid to ask for help, build strong relationships and hopefully you'll have a thriving and successful pharmacy career. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Your Pharmacy Career Podcast. Proudly brought to you by Ravens Recruitment, Australia's leading specialist pharmacy recruitment agency. If you enjoyed this episode and know anyone else who you think would benefit from it, we would be grateful if you could share it with them. Together, we help even more pharmacists develop a career and life they love. If you have any questions or suggestions about future podcast episodes, please reach out to us via email info at ravensrecruitment.com.au.